I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this is Digital Divination on the No Direction Network. back for episode 67 of Digital Divination. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm it's been a really good good week overall. Great weather and mm-hmm. not too much work and just That's good. You know, That's good. good. Yeah. Yeah. Since the last time we re- we recorded, uh mm-hmm. something came out on television that is my one of my absolute most favorite things that I have watched now. Uh, in in a long time, okay. uh, it is. Uh, I'm gonna tell you what it is. I'm not gonna keep you in suspense much longer. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. The, I'm trying to think. No, you wouldn't know. You might not know about this. Um, it's the 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 TV series for the old web series. Don't hug me. I'm scared. Now this has nothing to do with Starfinder uh, or anything like that. You know, it's it's puppets and. Uh, a, a little bit of creepy horror and and British humor and that kind of stuff. So, um, if uh, uh, if uh, it, 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 it hits a certain uh, niche uh, con- configuration of, of of things that I like, and it and it finally came out. It's been in the works for years now, and mm-hmm. it came out, and I watched it all last weekend, and I loved it. Good. That's yeah. that's great. <laughs> Did you binge been, watch like all series? Yes, I watched. It was only six episodes. It's a British series, so it's oh, only okay. six episodes. Okay. And I've been rewatching yeah. them actually in the past week too. Yeah. So I have been uh, basically keeping up on that. You know, just sort of <laughs> watching them and rewatching them and watching videos about them on YouTube on uh, uh, you know, theories and reviews and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, great. Well, I've started watching so. We started watching the uh, House of the Dragon. Okay. I don't know if you've watched any of that. So it's the I haven't prequel that one. to Game of yeah. Thrones. And then we, we caught up with that. So then okay. we started watching Andor as well, mm-hmm. which is kind of a, another prequel, but Star Wars. Yeah. And we started watching um, the Rings of Power, which is the... Lord of the Rings prequel. <laughs> and so it's we'd like to we'd like to watch one or two different shows in the evening. Yeah. Different right. series. And um and usually we will watch something that's been out for a while. And so we can just continue with that. But right. because we've kind of watched everything we wanted to watch, now we're watching newer things. And it's um it's confusing my wife <laughs> is what's happening. Oh no. Because cause they're like, ah, oh, this is a fantasy one, and then this is this is kind of a space fantasy one, and then this is a yeah. another fantasy one, and what was happening in this one? And uh, mm. you know, for me, it's oh yeah, it's fine. I can tell what keeping keeping track of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And for her, she's not super into fantasy and stuff. Okay, it's yeah. a little bit, and I find that okay. I need to remind her about this thing or this thing. Um. But I was going to say, out of the three of those, so House of the Dragon, Andor, and uh, the Rings of Power, Rings of Power, 
I'm liking Rings of Power the best right now. All right. Okay. I, you've mentioned there's three series I have not watched yet and <laughs> okay. will most likely get to Rings of Power soon. Uh, yeah. Probably watch Andor as well. I'm uh, I'm on the fence about House of the Dragon. Yeah. 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 No, I hear you. I hear you. It's um, House of the Dragon, quite frankly, has not been very good. In no, no. The fact that we're, you know, we're into, t- so tonight will be episode seven. Mm-hmm. We're at seven to 10. We'll finish it. It's not yeah, that sure. bad. Um, there's literally, there was another Amazon series out there called Tokyo Vice that was out there and we got all the way to the final episode and it was like so bad. We didn't watch the final episode. We went nines and we, we, I just can't stand the writing, the story, how they're going about things said, fine. We're not even going to see how it ends. We don't care. It it wrecked it for us. (laughs) Well, sometimes it's okay to give up on a TV show or a book or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, I it was a tough call early on. There was some intriguing stuff and then it just kind of ran out of juice, I guess. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I got but it. this kind of um this these this topic of these um series that we've been looking at yeah. actually reminds me of something I'd like to talk about for today. All right. So it's I it's did, we didn't plan this either, by the way. <laughs> it's a, no, it's no, a no, great no. segue, John. It's a great segue. We didn't plan it, oh, so I, I love it. I'm working on it. I'm working it. I'm working it. Yeah. yeah. Well, something that Ron and I did uh, probably a couple of years ago by now is mm-hmm. um, we had gone through kind of the AP process from his point of view, which was for Pathfinder Second right. Edition Adventure Paths. And I was thinking, you know, now that I have somebody who's done this for Starfinder. Mm-hmm. that, you know, we should do this for Starfinder. And I'm really curious to kind of see the differences and how you go through from ideation of a particular mm-hmm. adventure path all the way to the, you know, kind of the final conclusion, whatever that may end up being. Yeah. So. I, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. I was going to say the, the process probably isn't that much different than a Pathfinder one because they all sort of came out of the same uh, you know, company, the same process essentially, right? The, right, uh, right, right. Uh, and, and, you know, the original group of people who worked on the Starfinder stuff are from the Pathfinder AP land, right? right? Rob McCreary, uh, basically, you know, probably did all, did a lot of work on Pathfinder APs from first edition. And then when, when he moved over to Starfinder, uh, just kind of moved the process over in the same way and it's a, it's a process that basically works um i'm sure we have uh you know we have a lot of uh, uh it's altered changed a little bit it's probably diverged in the in the uh, interim since uh second edition has come out a little bit here and there so um it'll be interesting to hear if i say anything that's completely different than what you and ron talked about okay um well i know that there's one thing that was probably different in that starfinder went to the three volume ap's first oh yeah now Pathfinder second edition's kind of gone to that. So that that's probably one one thing I'm kind of curious about how that worked as well. But um yeah, how do you come up with the ideas? I have a sense for how it works, but I don't know. I mean, it's it it comes down to uh someone is going to be the head, the lead developer for uh, an adventure path. That's chosen by schedules and and you know, project management and whatever, you know, this is the person who's going to do it. And you know, I, I, there's probably a little bit of like Make sure you the, talking to the person. You're going to be doing this, okay? Right? Okay. Yes, you're going to be doing this. Um, and so that person is basically kind of be, gets in charge of the the brainstorming uh, of it all, uh, coming up with a general idea, 
uh, most likely uh, talking with other members of the team, uh, people who have maybe a bit more uh, view of things when, you know, creative director might be uh, there sort of like, oh, no, you know, we're, we're, uh, <clears throat> uh, we're doing we're thinking about doing this book and maybe something that ties into to this hardcover. Um, uh, that, that, that didn't really come all, uh, out until sort of more recent APs, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, especially the ones in, on, on the Pathfinder side, they would try to tie in some, some of the hardcovers. But uh, in the beginning, it was mainly just like, okay, what kind of story can we tell that will a, you know, be a cool adventure, b sort of highlight something about the setting See, maybe introduce a cool sub sub system that we want to have. Uh, uh, hit some kind of mm, I want to say marketing goal, but hit some sort of sales goal in the sort of way. And like, oh, we haven't yet done, you know, when we were uh, looking at um, high level APs, you know, we haven't done any high level stuff yet. Probably now's a good time. Let's figure out what what kind of story works mm-hmm. for that. So, uh, uh, depending on who's in charge of things and and uh, what. Uh, Paizo sort of needs at the time, what Starfinder needs at the time, uh, uh, sort of directs the brainstorming. Mm-hmm. At the beginning, though, it was pretty wide open. Yeah, you know, so one of the things that Ron mentioned, and I'm curious to see if it's similar for for Starfinders, he talked about kind of everybody being in the big conference room mm-hmm. and people kind of throwing out different ideas, you know, oh, let's do a Western, let's do a whatever, let's do a whatever. Um, you know, at that point, for for Pathfinder, rather than whoever the the developer at the time was, because you you would alternate the the two main mm-hmm. AP developers would alternate who who developed in in uh, the main part and then who developed the back matter, right? And kind of flip yeah, flop. Is yeah. that yeah yeah okay that th- and, that's you know, altered now too as well. Right, but understood. Now, but, but but in the, right, in the but beginning, initially. yeah, yeah. And so he kind of mentioned that um, rather than having the the developer was working on something. Everybody was kind of like throwing things around. Is that different than Starfinder? No, often it would come down to the main person being like pitching a couple ideas of stuff they would be excited about, uh, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then just sort of working on um, somewhere early on in the in the in the in the life of Starfinder, we made a big list of mm, AP right, ideas. Right. Um, it's sort of like, it was, it was a lot of like quick bullet point ideas, like swarm war, you know, we think we wrote Kingmaker in space on that one at some point, mm-hmm. uh, uh, stuff that's about the setting, you know, like, oh, dragon corporations, something about that. It would just be like a phrase at most. Um, right. and when it came time to, when it would come time to, to brainstorm the next AP, a lot of people would grab that list. And sort of, oh, we haven't done this right. yet. We haven't done this yet. Is this too similar to what we just did? I don't know. Let's just sort of, what am I most excited about? Um, and then, I mean, that's the reason why the third AP is Space Horror, because right. that's the one I pitched, and that's what I was excited to do, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we sort of lean towards, it. generally, I think it's going to be a better product overall if the person who's the lead developer is excited about the story and excited right. about what they're what what they want to do. Uh, so we sort of basically would um, go in those directions. Uh, if someone was like, "Oh, this is what I would do," it's the same with the, Jake's first AP. Uh, he, we were, he he presented three things, and the, he was like, "This is the one I'm most excited about." And Rob and I were like. Sure, let's do it. We love it. It sounds great. You look like you thought about it a little bit. You want to do the space trucker thing? That's not a niche we've hit yet. 
Um, right. I think it'll resonate with people. We can add a little subsystem in there, all that kind of stuff um, that you're excited about. And it, often it can be kind of uh, a, an easy sell for the general idea, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, when it comes down to the specifics, when you get down to the nitty gritty of, you know, what's volume one, what's volume two, et cetera, et cetera, that gets a little more, those meetings get a little longer, a little mm -hmm. more detailed. Um, and oftentimes, uh, sort of in the beginning, it was very much, well, Starfinder was a small team. So yeah, we kind of all talked about the APs and then mm -hmm. kind of Starfinder got a little bigger. And then there was the AP team just deciding on their own stuff and letting the hardcover team kind of know what was going on. Uh, and then sort of more recently, a little bit uh, during the, uh, 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 you know, pandemics times, the, the isolation times, the work at home times, um, it kind of broadened again to sort of like, well, what do we all think about this idea? Let's hash it out. What do we, you know? So, so Rob is the creative director at the time and you had yeah. the final say on, you know, when fly free or die was being decided upon or. Or does Eric Mona actually? Do you have to Techn bring it to yeah, him? Still? Yeah, that did have to be be have to be brought up to Eric at some point. Uh, mm -hmm. There was just sort of what we get the exciting idea first, right? Right. Jake's excited about Fly Free or Die. That sounds great. Rob likes the idea. Fly Free or Die. He probably just sort of quickly pitch it to Eric during one of the sort of managerial type meetings, right? And right. or just let everyone know this is what we're doing next. Sounds great, uh, uh, Eric. I, I never really got a ton of, uh, uh, found that there was a lot, ton of pushback from Eric on specifics of right. things when it came to Starfinder, really, right? I think, mm -hmm. uh, you know, since Pathfinder all has been and kind of probably always will be the sort of main flagship brand, he probably has a little more to, to say about right, 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 specifics right. where they're going here and there. Uh, but, you know, once we've decided on the main thing, we kind of bring it back to the, the, the nitty gritty. Uh, lead developer will will write up an outline, right? We'll, or at least mm -hmm. start writing an outline, uh, uh, or hitting some some of the main sort of story beats, uh, what might go on each of the volumes. And at that point, uh, other brainstorming will need to happen between the lead developer, the developer of the back matter, the creative director. So maybe another couple other people. Uh, we try to keep that small because uh, you know right. brainstorming sessions with too many people get too broad, too too much in a way. Um, and then we throw, throw ideas around, uh, what if this happened? You know, how, what if we get from point, a, how do we get from point A to point B? That would be a sort of thing. It's like, I know where I want it to begin and I know where I want it to end. What happens right. in the middle? Um, when it was, um, six volume APs, it was trickier to do, right? Right. Uh, talking about the swarm war, uh, mm -hmm. right. The one, you know, attack of the swarm. It was like, okay, this is a war one. We want to do attack of the swarm, but got to start off. And I was like, I knew from the beginning, I want to start off on a planet that we can wreck, just totally wreck. Right. And right. the first two volumes were basically about running away in a lot of ways, you know, sort of being pushed back. Mm -hmm. It's an overwhelming force. What do you do? Uh, and then, of course, at the end, I was like, well, then we take back the planet. But then there was what happens in the middle? Um, and a lot of times, uh, I got to say, it uh, whether or not this sort of is a byproduct of sort of coming from a lot of us did work in Pathfinder and a lot of us are sort of semi more familiar with um, fantasy adventures or just you know those sorts of adventures in general it always came down to a thing there was a thing you had to get an object a macguffin so to speak right right uh that would help you defeat a or uh, uh the bad guy or give you the powers to get to where the bad guy is or you know unlock something uh, uh good that's why in you know attack of the swarm there's the crown of hylax and i'm spoiling the attack of the swarm a little bit here um at some point you could be crowned, okay 
That's fair. You've played it. Uh, there's at some point you get a mystical crown that helps you sort of yeah. uh, basically do a thing that 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 bus you know sort of allows you to attack the swarm back and get to the heart right. of it and, and and rescue the planet where you came from that you were driven mm-hmm. off in the first volume. Um, sometimes it's uh, uh, finding a place, uh, getting to it, uh, uh, like on a flame. Sometimes it's right. just sort of a mystery uh, threefold conspiracy has a lot of mysteries in it um uh, same with you know five figure die ends up being sort of a revenge story by the end of it right. um and how do you get revenge so some of them aren't but but early on in the beginning it was you know dead sons was about the the stellar degenerator right and right. And, and this macguffin of a super weapon um uh, 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 Against the Aeon Throne kind of ended up being sort of also a MacGuffin that you had to get away from the Aslanti so they couldn't have it. Um, yeah. And all these things, it doesn't really matter what the MacGuffin is. It, you know, you just need to figure out a reason for it uh, to be important, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, hashing things out. So so we hash things out. We have probably several meetings, and it would be like, you know, a couple, an hour, hour and a half long. And they'd be like, okay, well, we'll put a pin in here. We'll come back tomorrow or to, when everyone else is free, you know, it's always the scheduling problems, right? Um, right. Eventually, though, you get to a point where the uh, lead developer can fully write the outline, right? Somewhere along the lines, it doesn't happen first, but somewhere along the lines, titles are thought about, and we have lists of right. titles for each volume, right? But that right. generally, titles come from what happens in the adventure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Though, uh, uh, fun fact about me is sometimes I will write a title. And then decide from there, decide what happens in the adventure. Yeah. I've done that a couple of times when I like, I like the sound of this title. What does that mean? I don't know. Let's figure out yeah. what, what what it means for the adventure, right? And it's sort of good for it's a um sort of a Horizons of the Vast. I kind of wrote some of those titles early on, mm-hmm. uh, and then I had an idea of the general scope of the the whole thing. But I kind of wrote some of the titles and been like, ooh, that's a it's a real you know one pulpy or something mm-hmm. title. Um, and uh, uh, the same thing with uh, one of the Attack of the Swarm volumes. I somewhere noticing that Hylax was called the Forever Queen, and then I thought of the phrase the Forever Reliquary, which to me right. sounds like the most Doctor Who episode that title that I could have <laughs> ever come up with of my own. Um, okay. And so uh, from there, I was like, okay, what does that mean? I don't know. I've got to figure that out. Um, but most of the times, you just you you you, you skeleton the plot out for the most part, uh, and mm-hmm. then write the titles, and then. This is just a little more where Eric Mona gets involved. He's he's a little more nice uh, hmm. uh, 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 to know what the titles are going to be ahead of time, right? And and the same with the title of the AP in general too, right? Um, and it can be quite not contentious, but it can sometimes you get stuck and you're just like, oh, that doesn't sound quite right. That title doesn't sound quite right. Or for the whole thing, you want something that's punchy and fun. Um, right. I can't tell you of something <laughs> there's a title that's coming uh that I, that that we decided on like early like 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 a couple months before uh I, I left uh for an ap that's coming that i think is great uh and it was kind of like it, there was a lot going back and forth because there's reasons for why we couldn't use certain titles because of other uh what's the word i'm like for it? ips Right, titles of right, other right, you know right. things that, that exist in in the role playing game universe, um, yeah, yeah. and so and then I'm coming to thing it and uh, uh, this is a title that Jenny Jarzabski came up with and and it was like no this is it we got it and then she kind of was like oh I'm not 100 percent sure I had to like be like no 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 it's great it's great you came up with something that's great don't double don't 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 get don't uh, uh, double yeah. guess yourself that's not the word what's the word I'm looking second guess second yourself. guess don't yeah. second guess yourself on this you've come up with a fun title 
and people are going to love it. Um, so uh, keep an eye out for that one. <laughs> right. I'll, uh, so we'll talk about it when it comes out because I'm curious about how that's going to end up. Yeah, you know, kind of speaking of that timing. Mm-hmm. So if something is coming out in right after Gen Con, say say we have a sure. Gen Con release for a new AP or yeah. Gen Con of 2023. When do you start brainstorming that AP? Generally about a year early, earlier than that. You know, around summer of 2022, basically what happens. uh, Yeah, I remember that sort of thinking about what the next one would come out. And actually the one we, the one I was just talking about that I can't really talk about, is probably not going to come out until kind of October of 2023. So sometimes it's over a year. Um, That's so we can have a good couple of weeks up to a month of the outlining phase and figuring everything out because there's a lot of pieces in an ap and you want to get it kind of want to get it right ahead of time because the the less you sort of figure out first the more difficult the job becomes later on which i'll which i'll get to um and then you got to give time for authors to write these books it's a lot of words you want to give people enough time and then you got to have enough time to develop them and uh 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 figure out what the art is early enough so that we order the art in time for that it exists for when layout is happening. So that is a push and pull that has been constant, I would say, you know, because it's difficult to order art for something you don't know what's in it, i.e. you haven't developed it yet really, or what, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, but uh, uh, with schedules being what they are, you kind of need to order that early enough. So sometimes you're ordering art for a thing that's not completely developed and finished and, and in some ways, you end up sort of like, oh, this. Oh, I know this. I can see this NPC uh, looking through the the author's turnover or whatever. I'm getting a little ahead of myself here. Sorry, but um, yeah. uh, uh, scheduling wise, that's how it works. But you know, you might see something, then you write it. You know, say, oh, let's order this art, and then when you develop it, you're like, oh, wait, I don't want that. Uh, uh, I don't like that NPC anymore. You know, that NPC doesn't right. work, or it contradicts something that's goes on. And mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. and and but you've ordered art for it, and it's been paid for, so you kind of have to use it. Uh, but that's the <laughs> yes. reality of the some of these yeah. situations. Um, once the outline has been written, rewind a little bit, uh, uh, Eric has approved of all the titles and we find, then we find authors, right? Um, how long is that outline? That outline. Oh, that's a good question. I can remember it. Those outlines can be quite long. Um, I want to say 30 pages. Okay. Uh, it is an endeavor to write an outline of for an AP, especially even, even a short three volume one. Um, a lot of those pages are are are, are um, boilerplate stuff. If you've ever written an outline for Python, you might say that it's like, "Here's what's expected of you as the author." Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, um, here's your you know code of conduct. Uh, um, what's going to happen after you've turned it in? But a chunk of it is mainly uh, a big chunk of background. Right? What happened before the adventures began? What what events lead to the adventures so that everyone can read it and know what's going on? A little, a small sort of cast of characters. Everyone writes outlines a little bit differently. I found too, um, but for the most part, we sort of have a template that's like here's here's what's going on. Here's some people who are involved, uh, and then here's a sort of brief summary of each of the volumes, and then we get into individual volumes and outlines which are more detailed. And again, people write uh, outlines differently. Sometimes you'll be this sort of like real. I want this needs to happen. You know, the PCs start here, they go here, they do this, they do that, and then it ends here. No real room for variation. Sometimes, uh, for me, sometimes I'll be like, point A to point B, I don't know how they get there. Uh, figure that out for me. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Then point B to point C is this, exactly. But then point C is 
uh, something you can come up with or you know so the specifics of point c are it's definitely a, a you know an abandoned asteroid mining facility i don't care what it looks like you get to make you know as an author you get to populate it with monsters and whatever um but but we do give suggestions of monsters that are in about the level range for the adventure we give some suggestions of uh you know if you're going to write some monsters hey you know we'll give you three or four spaces to 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 write new monsters um at this time too the um other developer would was this has changed a little bit but would be also like this is what we need to do for the um back matter and that gets folded into the main outline but it's just sort of really like this will be an article about the about Desna, or this will be an article about you know the uh, 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 chitons or uh, not chitons, sorry, Velstrax, um, or something <laughs> like that, right? Or this place. This is a place that's going to be featured in the adventure. We need a gazetteer for it. Um, uh, at this point, uh, some beginning of this very year, twenty twenty two, is when we sort of switched over to uh, what Pathfinder two E was doing for a bit, which is a single developer develops and outlines and concept, concepts an entire book entire adventure path and works on it themselves um each of the each of the volumes of the adventure path so uh while you know the other developer who's off is probably developing a a standalone module or something else right this uh had a lot that had a lot lot going on there or working on basically working on the next thing right because we always going to be working on basically the life of a developer at least was essentially finishing the last thing working on the current thing and thinking about the next thing kind of all at the same time and that would just whatever the thing is would just rotate. Yeah, um, you send it out to authors. Basically, this is the part where as a developer, you send it out to the authors to write. You might have some contact with them. You might uh, create a Discord chan- uh, server, for instance, for them to, for authors to talk to one another and whatever. Um, and there's some weeks about you know getting the contracts written and and uh, faking people. People might drop out, or you know getting the right combination of people. Thought that I feel that's important to to have a diverse range of voices when it comes to authors and uh, and that. So I would always be looking looking at the composition of who's writing what book and 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 what whatever. Um, and then um, once that's off to the authors, that's the sort of spot where you're going back. Oh, let me finish the last thing. Oh, I've got to now make sure this the last thing has been laid out, and I've got to copy fit it and or whatever. Um, so uh, uh, and then you're on you're on hold until they're done writing, right? And you give the authors sixty days or more. Um, I try to sixty days is for me. I think that's a little tight. Um, okay, I would try to give more, maybe closer to the the thing is sometimes, and some uh, developers do it differently. Is that um, if you're writing the last volume, you might have more time to do it. Some developers are like no everyone writes everyone gets the same 60 to, to 90 days everyone mm-hmm. turns it in at the same time even though that last volume isn't going to get developed for six months after it right. gets turned in no one's going to look at it but some developers like to have it all at once maybe flip through all of it right and then to see whether the connective tissue needs to be sort of massaged and, and, and made right um i think it would uh, uh, it is nice to give that last person more time because that first person always gets like the least amount of time. Right. Um, it's not quite fair to the first person, but that's why you find that that's why the first person who gets to write an, uh, the the first volume of an AP uh, uh, has to be sort of like your your superstar in a lot of ways because they can get it done, they get it done on time, and they do good work. So it doesn't take you know a ton of work to develop, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, 
I think it's probably better to put a move everyone to about the same timeline. If you can give everyone the same about the same amount of time, I think that's probably the best for the fairest for everyone, right? Um, so it's out there. It's in the wild. It's being written. You're going to be getting milestones. You're going to be getting more detailed outlines, not in that order, uh, but uh, stuff to sort of give feedback to the author so they can finish and turn over a product that's that's done. Um, and they give it to you, and their job is done. Hooray. Um, uh, until they get their contributor copy, essentially, right? Or if I might, yeah, <laughs> developer might have questions. What did you mean by this? Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, and then it gets developed, right? piece by piece um however a developer does like to do that you know everyone has their own style of going from start to finish working on the easy parts and then sort of bouncing around working on the hardest parts first bouncing around that sort of stuff um and that takes time lots of time uh and in the process there you're thinking about art writing that writing those art descriptions that art those art getting ordered and uh and then you're uh finished with developing it you hand it over to some editors they get to read it and and and, and make sure it makes sense and uh, polish it polish it up to a to a delicious sheen uh mm-hmm. and then um god sheens are not delicious i don't know what to a brilliant sheen yes. uh sometimes when i'm talking like this when i'm just sort of talking extemporaneously yeah. i will come up with the weirdest combination of words um but they they polish it up they'll come to you with questions what do you you know what did you mean by this what did this mean I've noticed that you've got, you know, 75% uh, NPCs are male and you should, we should probably tweak that. Okay, great. Well, how do we make sure that that is, you know, uh, fair and equitable uh, and, and, and representative of what, you know, <laughs> the real world is as much as uh, uh, we're talking about a science fantasy universe, it should be, you know, representative. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, once again, yeah. I do have one question about art before we get too far along mm, here. Sure. So I've had a couple of things where art um, art description has been part of my turnover. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it'll, there'll be a blank there, but I'm not to do that part. That's the developer says, oh, we're going to do that. What kind of what determines that part of it? If you want the author to provide a description or not. Um, I've moved, I've moved away from asking that from authors because okay. it, it's more work. They don't, shouldn't have to think about these things too much because it's not you know they don't uh, uh it would have to, to explain um how art gets sort of placed in the, which i'll sort of my philosophy on that sort of thing um but in general i think as an author if you are writing th- things if you're writing down people and places and whatever and you're uh hopefully descriptive enough that as a developer i can point out that's very interesting i'm going to give that a piece of art that doesn't stop an author from putting a little comment and saying, I mean, I, I really want to see this NPC mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, illustrated, please. Uh, because it's based off of Luis's grandma or something. Um, uh, <laughs> and, uh, 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 or if it's a new creature, whatever, you know, there should be a physical yeah. description of, of everything you're, you're kind of have in your game, in your adventure right. should be described a little bit phys- in, in, in ways that, uh, that are visual so that uh, you can have art for it. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. I do, personally, what I what used to do uh, was put out a little you know, pagination, basically, sort of, you know, this adventure gets 30-some pages uh, and an Excel sort of spreadsheet, uh, you know, monster, 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 gazetteer page, whatever. Uh, and then sort of like, oh, there should be art every couple pages. There should be at least art something like every 
not quite every spread, maybe every three pages. Uh, uh, and that's including the half page art. Uh, that's not including maps though. That's a sort of an extra thing. So with maps right. and sidebars and, and art about every three pages or so, uh, it should be interesting to read and look at. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I sort of just sort of pace out and then I kind of estimate where that is in the book. Uh, in the venture, of course, there's certain things that are sort of de rigueur to to illustrate someone you're going to fight, basically, right? We sort of do that. Oh, here's a weird, uh, you know, half centaur, half goblin uh, with a cybernetic face. Got to illustrate that. That comes right. around about here right. in the document. Uh, or this is an exciting scene where the uh, MP- the PCs are uh, sort of sneaking their way through an abandoned, you know, video arcade. That'd be a fun half pager. Let's illustrate that. Um, uh, uh, important NPCs, you know, get a nice portrait. Anything that is the uh, an object, a, an artifact, something interesting to to uh, that the PCs are going to get look at, that should have a uh, spot illustration of what it is, right? Um, back in the day, uh, you'd also be thinking at that point, sort of like, okay, well, these are the we, we you illustrate the things that the people are going to fight because you're going to turn those illustrations into pawns. They don't really do pawns, right. you know. Paizo stopped doing pawns right about the beginning of this year uh, uh, for for adventure for every adventure path because uh, it was time consuming and and a little more costly probably than what it was returning. Um, handy to have, but uh, now we sort of maybe are doing that so that um, virtual tabletops can grab them for for tokens, right? But still, it's fun to go like and you see this guy, you know, showing up the art from the uh, right. if you're around the table holding up the book, right? Um, so that's all gets illustrated, and then we sort of, you know, make sure that there's a budget that that needs to be taken care of, and so only so many pieces of art can get ordered. You can sometimes mm-hmm. you're gonna have to be like, oh no, I've got uh, this encounter has like actually like three different types of stat blocks in it, and I can't illustrate all three different creatures or people or whatever. So I just mm, do the main one, do the the most important one, yeah. and then you'd be like, for when, when we're doing pawns, you you probably have to order art for the other two later on, but say la vie. Um, so yeah, once I sort of find that out, I can't, you know, an adventure for me is about 16 pieces of art ish. If there's lots of smaller ones. And that's sort of also what we sort of guesstimate for word count to fit on a page of 36, 35 pages, something like that. Um, and so spacing me out with like, you know, a half page or every, about four of those one at the end one at the beginning blah 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 blah. you know these are the npcs that you're 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 fighting and whatnot um uh and that generally works out pretty well um sometimes you get to a point where you are sort of also putting when you're putting new monsters in the thing those are illustrated in the back of the book right Mm -hmm. in the alien archive so you don't necessarily need to illustrate them in the adventure and sometimes an adventure gets so full of those that you run out of things to illustrate in the adventure. I've run across that every once in a while. Uh, or there's just big swaths of, of space where you're not actually, you know, necessarily having a fight. Uh, it's in an exploration or, a, a, you know, a dungeon call that's mostly traps or something like that. Um, it, it gets tricky sometimes um, to, to that. And that's why you'll, we'll see it happens after, you know, push comes to shove and layout happens. Spreads that don't have any art on them whatsoever. Yeah, it happens. Right. Yeah, so you've done the art. It's gone through the editor. Mm-hmm. They've made their pass. Then it goes to layout. Hey, yeah, it'll do a couple. It'll probably be a couple editing passes at that point. Maybe mm-hmm. one. You know what? Probably one. And then it gets laid out. And then 
uh, developer needs to make sure it all fits on the page. Good. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the point where sometimes terrible sacrifices need to be made because an adventure is too long or uh, uh, a feverishly writing uh, to fill an adventure because it was too short or figuring out what to do. Oh, this is like two pages too short. You know, oh, but the guest here is actually two pages over. That's a little, that's always a happy thing. Right? <laughs> oh, sh- we'll just give that to you, whatever. Or like, oh, this is so long. We have to cut two monsters, unfortunately, right in the back. Um, or something else needs to get cut somewhere else. Um, so that that's the, the horse training that needs to get done with, with layout and your own sort of inner demons. Um, uh, I kind of enjoyed copy fitting, to be perfectly honest. A lot of people find it very frustrating or time consuming. I uh, thought, always thought that I did a, a good, quick job of just figuring out where things can go. You know, just sort of bumping. Oh, this is going to come to the bottom of the column. Bump that up. Boop, boop, boop. Um, and then uh, uh, mostly for uh, adding <laughs> stuff. Uh, didn't have too many adventures that were that much over. You know that mm-hmm. that huge swaths would need to get cut um i think actually though the first horizons of the vast volume ended up being a little long because of all the extra stuff we had to put in right for the right ex- re-explaining exploration basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um once that's been laid out it goes back to editors and that'll get hopefully one or two passes at that point and the editors are going to at least a piezo uh, when they make their changes in the document, that might mess up the copy fit, and it's up to them to sort of adjust it back with help from the developers. Because sometimes, it, if it ends up being a huge thing that they we need to cut this or we need to add more stuff, you know, help us. The, the developer needs to know about that. Um, once it's been edited again, it gets sort of put into a PDF format for you to look at for everyone to kind of glance through it as Eric gets another final approval at it uh, before it gets sent off to the printer. And then you're kind of done. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it gets sent off to the printer. You can breathe a sigh of relief. Uh, maybe take a look at the printer proofs when they come in. Uh, uh, but uh, for the most part, um, you're just now have to sit on it until it gets announced. Right. And then you can talk mm-hmm. about it online which is always the longest area you can tell the authors. Now you can talk about it online right? because that's always the, 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 the longest wait to after you've, especially as an author, as you've tur- after you've turned something in until you can actually tell people that you've written something <laughs> or basically. So there's some, there's some things in there too, a little bit that's about like writing things like um, the text that goes on the website for the product mm-hmm. page, uh, maybe writing a blog, going on to a podcast and talking about it once it's been announced, you know, mm-hmm. That's not really part of the development process per se, but it's just sort of the extra little bits and bobs here and there that, that occur. Right. Um, you didn't talk about maps. You mentioned art. Mm, and I, one of the things I've run into in earlier APs especially was these, um, you know, each each square is 10 feet kind of thing. And the maps then are just massive if you were to print them out. Um, yeah. So couple of things uh, I see now on some of the newer volumes, you know, you have multiple maps all on one page, like all little different sections. Yeah. And um, it doesn't seem like there's ever use of um, the Starfinder maps already created. It's all custom maps. Can you speak yes. to those kind of things? That's, I mean, it is tricky to, because those maps are made without the uh, uh, thought about what, 
they would without the specific thought of these specific adventures right you don't know mm-hmm. it, you know you could say i think it's fine to be, say like oh hey look there's a flip mat you know, hospital right because there's a there's flip mat hospital for instance if you set your thing in a hospital but the needs of the adventure might be that there is a secret room in this hospital that flip mat is not going to show that secret room in the right place or or at all possibly so that's why i got to kind of create a custom hospital map at that point Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. it, it, it's, it's, it's a balancing act because there's only so much room for maps, only so much budget for maps and what you depict to, versus <clears throat> what you don't, uh, for a fight that basically happens on an open field doesn't really need a custom map in my opinion, because there's nothing really to illustrate. Uh, that being said, that's the sort of thing you might want to think about why that encounter is taking place in such a boring location. Um, and, and spice it up in some way. So there does get a map. Um, maps are tricky. I gotta say it's, uh, tough to, they're tough. You know, not everyone has the, the artistic chops to, to, to draw them out to, to that we can give to a cartographer to turn them into nice things. Um, and, uh, even some, and developers have to, redo them or whatever but uh it, that's just the way it is um and it was always sort of tricky to come up with like why you know get so specifics about every little thing um i lost my train of thought there a little bit um maps they're tough that's all i kind of have to right. say about it in a way right so but but authors will generate the map then yes and the developer has to make sure it's sufficient for the art to be made for it. Yes. And sort of basically label it up maybe here and there or mm-hmm. uh, include a, phys- um, a separate description. This is a map of a hospital and it should look like this, even though it's just, it's just a bunch of boxes essentially on the map. Because, you know, I don't think we need to be too detailed on our sketches to give to the cartographers. That's what the cartographers are, 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 mm-hmm. are best at and what we, you know, sort of pay them for is to sort of right. make it look great. Um, but they need to know what shape of everything is and what generally what's going on and then right. if you just give them a bunch of boxes they don't know what that is and it's just going to come back to you a bunch of boxes that's pretty boring to look at so you just got to tell them this is a hospital it's got gurneys on this part in this hallways for maybe there's a blood splatter here or something fun like that you know mm-hmm. that kind of stuff all right so now with the changes to the ap's where you have uh one developer who's doing the whole main part and the back matter and it's one author doing all that too for a book? Not necessarily, no. Not okay. for Starfinder. Sometimes I think Pathfinder's still doing that uh, right. here and there. Um, but maybe not everything. Maybe there's some, it's just most of it. Uh, but for Starfinder, I sort of, because APs were, and I think they still should be, a chance to uh, ha- have the ability to show a chance to try out new authors on very small things. Mm-hmm. Like two monsters, uh, the Codex of Worlds, it's 500 words. Let me let me see what you mm-hmm. got. Um, and so having one author write everything all the time, I think just sort of boxes out some of your right. uh, newer right. authors, giving that, giving them the chance to write some stuff, and then and then build up. Because there's other books, obviously we have hardcovers and, and and other things, and people can write a chunk of two thousand words or whatever in that. Uh, but you know, in a way, um, the adventure path developers, if they're different people, which they generally are. Uh, right. aren't going to get to see those authors and they're just going to be giving it to, 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 to these larger known quantities. And then you're going to burn those people out because you're only have so many of them and they're, or they're not going to be able to take it. And um, 
then you're out of luck, you know? So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, I think, it, I think it's behooves us to, it would be, it behooves Paizo to, uh, to, to, to give everyone a little chance here and there and then be like, Oh yeah, now write something slightly longer. That's also an adventure path. Great. You've done that. Now write me an adventure path. Cause I think you're ready. And the total uh, word count for the full book in an adventure path is how many? How many words? I don't remember that number. Um, it's been a while. That has been that long. It's been like a couple months. But I want to say for an adventure, it's something like 25,000 words. Sounds about right. I've got my eyes closed, so you know I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, maybe plus or minus a couple thousand for other stuff. All right. Yeah. My, my, my take on, it, I thought there were about 30,000 words having talked to yes. a couple other authors. So that, that right. kind of jives. It maybe, that. maybe it's somewhere around those. It's between 25 right. and 30 something. Yeah. Uh, the Pathfinder ones are much longer, obviously. Right. Right. Cause they're right. bigger books. And then in terms of uh three book and six book hmm. adventure paths, so yeah. what's the system for alternating that, or is there one even for that? Um, there's a little bit of project management, I would say, scheduling involved. So, what? Uh, I'll tell you what happened. Um, Dead Suns started, and it was a six path, six part adventure path because that's what adventure paths were uh, then. They were always six parts, uh, but it was coming. It was scheduled to come out every other month, right? Because Starfinder was a very small team. And uh, 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 most of the, some of the people coming from that team had just come from uh, doing lots and lots of six-part adventures on a monthly basis, and that can be a very difficult schedule. Um, so we were like, we'll just do, you know, it was agreed somewhere around the long lines that there'll be every other month. About halfway through that, it was like people out there were clamoring. We need more content. We want more Starfinder. We love Starfinder. We're like, oh, they love mm-hmm. Starfinder. They, you know, the core rulebook is selling out, and the first volume of the Dead Sons is selling out. So uh, it was agreed that we would go to back. We go to monthly for that as a compromise. For some reason, we thought this would be easier. Uh, it would be the the one right after Dead Sons would be a three parter, and then we do another three parter after that, and then we'd sort of right. see how we were doing. Uh, maybe do a six parter and and whatever. So that's why it happened in the first place. Let's test this out. Starfinder can experiment on this. It'll be. I'm not sure. Again, I'm not sure why we thought this. But it would be easier for someone to sort of do this three-parter and then someone else to do the next three-parter. Now I ended up developing both of those three-parters. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't exactly easier. Um, and it uh, is and it isn't. There's, there's, there's considerations on it's a little easier to tell sometimes to tell a full, co- a full coherent story in three parts without any kind of wheel spinning. Um, however, uh, it is extra work to think of two different ideas for three parters that occur in the same space. Right. Like, I just want a X with this, you know, space truckers that way I got six volumes for that. And you got to come up with what happens in the middle. That middle part is always the trickiest part for a six parter. Right. Three part is pretty easy. You go, you know, you do a thing, the middle, you know, three act structure is, is classic for, you know, plays mm-hmm. and cinemas and, stuff, and, and the movies and stuff. Right. So, you know, beginning, we introduce the problem, middle, we have, maybe have a little bit of a setback third part we solve the problem Sixth part you've got kind of you could um if you think about the way that the uh, iron gods is kind of laid out is that the first two volumes are kind of part one the first the next two are part two in, in, in a three-act structure that's how that one that, that one actually 
plays right. out that way. Um, and so, yeah, um, that's what happened. <laughs> and so now it just sort of comes down to, I think, honestly, um, because then we started putting them out monthly, putting out six volumes, tons of con- ton of content. Uh, it got to be too much. It was too much content. People uh, that the, the people weren't playing through all, you know, through an entire six volume AP. Um, so we decided to sort of like do some more three volume stuff. That's where sort of devastation art comes in. Um, and uh, we could at one point I think we did it to did a three volume so that it would offset from the Pathfinder schedule so that the mm. first volume of an AP of Pathfinder would occur on certain this quarter business quarter and then the the first volume of a new Starfinder Rich Path occur in this quarter so we could you know space out the marketing and not you know cannibalize our own business. Um, but I think uh, then we want to do the standalone modules. We cut back to every other month for the right. adventure paths. And I think, I personally think that the three volume adventure paths are the way to go. They're tighter. Mm-hmm. They're, you can, they're more focused. Um, and um, I wouldn't say they're easier, but you know, you're in and you're out, you know, it's basically how it goes. And people, they're achievable for right. more groups in terms of playing them all the way through and people will hopefully buy them all. Yeah, a lot of groups have difficulty getting all the way through a six-part AP. Yeah, and I think uh, I think a th- the three-parter makes makes a lot of sense in that regard. Yeah. Well, Jason, this has been great tapping into all this uh, past experience you had as a senior yeah. Starfinder developer and and doing these things. It's um, it's been a lot of fun, but we are at our time. Yeah, well, I've been yammering on for long enough. So thanks for listening to me, John. Uh, and thanks oh. for everyone out there to also listening to me just talk. Yes. I'm John. And I'm Jason. And this has been Digital Divination.